Heffernan would never appreciate that magnetism was what killed him. The alarm klaxon honked twice in the tiny lunar shack, so loud that he fumbled his coffee cup and seared a stripe across his thighs. He hopped to his feet, shouting, Son of a bitch! and prying the wet pant legs away from his skin. He had been absorbed till then in a movie on the monitor, a Betty Davis film called Jezebel, but shut it off, cut the overheads and pressed his face against the cold window. Outside, an empty hopper came sliding smoothly by, silent as a ghost. The masked driver on which it rode looked like the track for the world's dullest roller coaster ride. Two aluminum rails stretched straight to the horizon like a big zipper, closing the lunar surface. Every couple of seconds, a magnetically levitated payload, what everyone called a cannonball, shot off down the length of the right rail and out of sight to the far end of the driver, where it finally launched its payload at just over two kmps into space. The empty hopper rode the left rail back around, past the modular shack to where it loaded up again. Heffernan thought magnetic levitation was just swell. At least, he had till now. Once launched, the cannonballs traveled on a precisely aligned trajectory for 60,000 kilometers to a collection point near one of Scumbercorp's orbiting factories, where they dropped right into a funnel-shaped net as broad as the whole lunar facility. The process was computer-controlled, and everything depended upon the precise instant that the hopper hit the switch and ejected its payload. But lunar soil had a slight magnetic charge to it. Twice previously, within the last five years, despite the system's built-in damping, a charge had built up in the hopper, a magnetic tug sufficient to throw off its speed just the tiniest bit. With mass driver propulsion, any variation in speed meant that instead of those cannonballs zooming straight into the net, they peppered the black sky like a shower of meteors. That was why Heffernan lived eight hours a day in solitary confinement, to monitor trajectory and correct any problem before it became a problem. It was a cushy job, and he'd had it for nearly two years. He couldn't remember the last time he had spent more than ten seconds of any eight-hour stretch monitoring the arc of the cannonballs. Nothing had ever gone wrong before. Why is this happening on my shift? He asked the sterile landscape. Another hopper ripped silently past him. He followed it as best he could, watched the tiny speck of its payload shoot into the sky. Without glancing away, he toggled the monitor switch along the sill. Blue numbers appeared in the window glass, a precise measurement of the payload's trajectory. The wrong numbers. Skewed, he said bleakly. Gone to hell. It's skewed, and I'm screwed. He turned to the console, started running the recorded disc back, and back, and back, seeking the point at which the parabola returned to normal counting the number of misguided launches with growing alarm. As the disc ran on without change, James Heffernan began to grind his teeth together. When the parabolic arc shifted back, he stopped the disc. 218 of the 20-kilogram Ilmenite cannonballs had been flung into the wrong part of the void. The trajectory had begun to drift about the time he had sealed up his dry suit and gone down the tunnel for his first cup of coffee.
He'd gone for two more after that, all without noticing anything amiss. Why hadn't the alarm gone off before? This thing had been out of whack for hours without a beep. What sort of margin of error had it been set for? Already he was trying to put together a defense. He would need a good one.